And we are Paranormal Chicks. And we are still in 31 Nights of Halloween, and we have another special guest for y'all. So, you remember when we had Brandon Schecksnyder in? Well, now we have his partner in crime, Alicia King Marshall. Hello! We're so excited to have you. I am so excited to be here. You don't even know. She is Brandon's better half of the podcast Ghost Tour. It is brand new. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it, Alicia? Well, we both love ghost stories. We love paranormal tours. We love all of that kind of stuff. And so we thought there are so many different ghost tours. Every city seems to have its own approach, its own flavor, its own history that that creates the whole persona around that. And so we thought, let's contact the most interesting ghost tour guides that we know of in the most haunted, creepy cities we can think of. And let's ask them to tell what makes their city and their tour special. And they did. And we are having so much fun talking to them. And they're so different. I thought there would be more of a common thread. The common thread is probably that they're all history nerds like we are. (laughs) And we all spend a lot of time in the archives and the library. But other than that, there's so much that's so different. Some ghosts are very interactive. Some ghosts uh, just kind of replay traumatic events like it's on a loop and the same things happen over and over. Others are almost folklore type. I mean, where they're just things that defy explanation. And so we're just having a really good time talking about what's going on all over the country and Canada. That sounds awesome. So would you say that you're more of a believer and Brandon's more of the skeptic? Well, I started out a lot like Brandon. When I first started giving walking tours about a little over six years ago, I wanted to just do straight history. You know, I'm very serious. I just want to talk (laughs) about the facts. Let's talk about what happened on this spot 200 years ago. But the person who owned the company needed a nighttime guide for uh, true crime and ghost tours. And I'm like, oh yeah, true crime, no problem. But ghost tours, I don't know. Oh, it's mostly history. You'll love it. Well, after a while, certain things started happening like this one image would appear in this one window of this one house. Nothing else happened at that house. This image doesn't appear anywhere else. Another one, there's one room where people see a woman walk through the wall and they smell lavender or rose water. Doesn't happen anywhere else. They only see it there. I mean, after a while, I had to admit something's going on. I can't explain it. I'm not prepared to tell you how it works, but something's going on. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I cannot wait to hear what story you have for us. I know. I'm jealous of your job. Well, not the walking, but everything else. (laughs) 
<laughs> can I rent a scooter? Then I'm down. A Segway. <laughs> no, because then you got to stand. Oh, true. Never mind. Yeah, a scooter. I want like Let's a hover around. <laughs> you know, we are wheelchair friendly. I don't judge. So. <laughs> well, I have, if I can have too many stories, I want to tell you two stories only because I want to point out a lot of people think, oh, you're from Franklin, Tennessee. You are known for the Civil War and the Battle of Franklin. So you're just going to tell me a bunch of Civil War stories. Not so true. Some stories are much more recent and some hauntings are even older. And this is one that um, just came to light two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hot off the press. Here we go. Scoop. I'm at home with my husband. I get a call. And I'm really glad I answered it. (laughs) And it turns out to be this couple that they're on in the car for a few hours, but there's something they really want to tell me. And since they're both sitting down together, they're kind of mustering up the courage to kind of call and tell me what happened. So they've got my full attention at this point. (laughs) And they start telling me basically what happened is the husband about three in the morning, just not long before this had to get up and take their dog out. Now he lives right downtown in the historic district in a very nice apartment, just because he's rich doesn't mean he's credible, but he happens to be both is all I'm saying. (laughs) He's wide awake. He's completely sober. And he takes his dog downstairs and takes him out again, three in the morning. It's deserted. There's no one around downtown. He is not far at all from these two doors that lead into the brand new luxury hotel. It's connected to his apartment complex. Very she-she. I mean, nothing but the best. He's got it all figured out. So he's looking <laughs> through these double wind, uh, th- double doors that go into a hallway of the hotel. And there's a light at the far end. There is a man just the other side of those double doors inside. So he's lit from behind. And he said he can clearly see the outline of him. And it he's just kind of hunched over and slowly pacing back and forth in front of the doors. And he thought, gosh, is this guy on the phone at three in the morning? But then he realized he didn't have his hand up to his face. And at first thought he was wearing a bathrobe, but then realized, no, it's a long, heavy, formal, like military coat. That is bizarre. And so he keeps pacing and he said, I'm just riveted. And then I keep looking. And then all of a sudden, as I'm watching, he's on the outside of the doors. He's outside, but he continues to pace in that same place. The door never opened or closed. He's just went from just like that, from the inside to the outside. He said, I looked down at my dog. My dog's looking over there too. And I just think this can't be happening, but it is. So they start walking towards this. And as they're walking towards the man, gets about 50 feet away. And he said, it's like someone flipped a switch and he just vanished right in front of me. So he does what anyone would do. He goes right upstairs, tells his wife, they go out on the balcony and they look and there's nothing there. He can hardly sleep. The next day, he's telling a couple people about it. And this one woman said, well, I used to work in that building right in front. That used to be a bank and that just right around the corner there on that same parking area. And she said, it was so haunted twice. My coworker and I locked ourselves in the vault. We called the police before because we saw men and heard things, but no one was ever there. You should go and talk to the hotel. They have surveillance cameras. He does. He goes to the hotel. They look at that timestamp and he said, well, that door never opened or closed during um, 3 and 4 a.m. He said, I know. I was looking at it. I know it didn't open, but there was a man there. And so they looked at the films and nothing showed up. Now, the more we talked about what he was wearing, the more I thought, I'm not convinced that's a Civil War coat. I, the more he described different features of it, it sounded older. 
like Revolutionary War, but we don't have ties to the Revolutionary War in Franklin, Tennessee, but you know what we do have? Four Revolutionary War veterans who are buried in our history. <gasps> no. There's four of them. Two of them, I knew where they lived, wasn't anywhere near there, didn't work near there. Two, I did not. So I did what I always do when I'm not sure. I go to Rick Warwick, our county historian, and said, okay, I need to know something. I know you're going to know. He didn't even look it up. He says, well, Dudley lived, you know, five miles down the road. But, uh, and I did tell him why. I just said I wanted to know where these two veterans lived. Okay. Yeah. He said, oh, but you know, he said, you, you, you're all the time where uh, Squire lived. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he's right there where the new hotel is. That's right where you start your tours, isn't it? <gasps> no. That's what I said. I thought this is crazy. All the little things that had to happen to bring this story around. And honestly, it seems like if I'm not telling a spirit story that once it told, they will find a way to make sure that I do. And I, we just interviewed Monica Ballard from the Austin Ghost Tour in Texas. And she said the same thing, that if they get a name wrong or a date wrong, the spirits will find a way to correct them. And I thought, you know, all the things that had to happen to get this story into my face so that I would pay attention to it. And there it is. Wow. May I tell you one more? Oh my gosh. Yes. Tell us all this is, tell us 17 more. You're such a good storyteller. I'm like enthralled. It's like she does it for a living. I love this stuff. Okay. There are two stories I have told for years and years and years. One is about Betty Burge. She was the first woman in the state of Tennessee to be sentenced to death to the electric chair for murder. It wasn't for the first murder she committed. It was the second, but it was the first one she was convicted of because she killed the woman who was coming to blackmail her for the first Oh, murder. my God. Oh, my gosh. So I have talked about Betty Burge for years and years and years. Another story I talk about is Gladys Reed. Gladys Reed was murdered by her ex-husband, Fred Beard. Now, during COVID, I spent even more time dorking out in the archives. And one day, (laughs) just for kicks, I decided to look up the death certificates of Gladys Reed and Fred Beard, as one does. And I looked them up, and her her name was different because she had remarried at this point, had two children, uh, her two kids with Fred. She was raising with Everett Reed. So I look up those death certificates and Fred Beard's under marital status, it says married. And then they said, oh no, he, he killed his wife and then shot himself. So he was widowed. So they crossed it out and put widowed. And they said, oh no, they had divorced. She was remarried. They crossed that out and put divorced. So they're real meticulous. They don't make a new one. They just cross stuff out. It's a death certificate. Who cares? Well, I thought, well, that's interesting. I wonder what Gladys Reed says. So I look hers up and it says everything is normal. All the stuff that I would expect until I get to her birth parents. Her mother was Betty Burge. (gasps) I Never knew. And I felt so foolish for having told this story so many, I mean, hundreds of times, if not thousands. Without knowing this, I called the lead archivist over, Lisa, she's awesome. And I said, you either are in trouble for not making sure I knew this, or your mind is going to be as blown as mine. And I laid it out because I had highlighted it and turned the documents around and facing her. And she gasped and sat down and said, I can't believe this. I said, wow. So when again, once again, how 
does this happen? I mean, for me to just thinking it's my own idea to look up the death certificate, mm-hmm. probably not. And why those two? Why nobody else's? My idea? Probably not. That's so true. Oh my gosh. Huh. That's intense. Isn't it? And and let me tell you, the hauntings from Gladys Reed and her murderer, her ex-husband, Fred Beard, continue to this day. Actually, the main thing they hear isn't the gunshots of him shooting her and then shooting himself. It's this heavy thud, like his body hitting the floor after he shot himself. They hear it over and over and over. It's upstairs is where the murder-suicide happened. Underneath is a little retail shop right on our town square. It happens so many times. So many times. One day on the 4th of July, a few years ago, the two women who were managing it, they heard it louder than they ever had. They closed up early on the 4th of July, a t-shirt shop. Because they were so scared? They were so scared. They just said, wow. we had never heard it that loud. And they both looked at each other. They're like, yeah, we're leaving early. They locked up and left. Yeah, that's terrifying. Enough is enough of that. But they also hear the voices of a man and woman whispering upstairs. And it, they said there's no one there, but it feels like it's close to your ear, but it's unintelligible. But it's clearly a female voice and a male voice whispering. Mm-mm. I don't know why, but I just went straight to like their hot breath whispering on you. Ew. You know, I think it's, this is so lame, but I think it's because Colby was just watching Family Guy and they said, let's play hot breath telephone. And I, I think <laughs> that's why it's like on my brain because Ew. <laughs> Maybe, I should maybe kept that one to myself. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. Not to put you on the spot. If you don't have any more, it's totally okay. But do you have any more you can share? Gosh, there's so many. There's, gosh, I see. I, I started to say, which are my favorites? Because I do have favorites there. I feel like I know them. That was a hard thing about COVID. I know it's hard for awful reasons for many people. But one of the things that was hard, not just not being able to work, but feeling like I was becoming distant from a lot of these stories. And when I came back and I've heard other tour guides say this too, we're afraid that we're losing the details because we told these stories every night. Mm -hmm. And then when you don't for a while, you think, oh gosh, and you almost miss them. Like this sounds so creepy and pathetic. Like they're our friends. They are though. I get that. I get that. So yeah, you feel like, you know, it's kind of, so you're asking me to pick my, among my friends. Um, I will tell you that there is, there's one gentleman that used to work at uh, a local store and he was killed and uh, I've given, been given a lot of literature about him and also about his killer was then killed not long after. And the similarities are very interesting. And these were all upstanding members of society. They were in elected positions and government positions. I mean, these were the the top businessmen, Um, but it was almost like a wild west scene. I mean, literally multiple guns being fired on main street and in the town square. Yeah. And and then other guns being fired and they didn't shoot. So, but this one man that, that went down, um, they shot this man, Griffin shot him, Colonel house, and then shot Colonel house's son, which was really terrible to think that Mm. seeing his son being killed, trying to come to his aid. Well, then just a few years later, Griffin is murdered and there have been lots of stories about um, a man's hearing a man's voice saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't have. 
in this mm. restaurant that is now where this all happened. And the man, there's a, there's a businessman that just brought his entire office on like a team building, happy morning, Franklin Charm history tour. And he asked me if I knew anything about the history of this building he just bought. And I said, oh yeah, I do actually. <laughs> he said, well, what do you know? And I said, well, what do you want to know? Because there's a lot. And he said, well, would you want to do a private tour just about the history of that building? And I said, yeah, I would love to. And <laughs> imagining, I'm thinking, you don't really know what you're asking, but I'm going to tell you. So I'll, you know, I'll be giving him all the history, the good, bad, the ugly. And then if he wants to know what people have experienced there, I'm going to tell him, I don't know if he's going to be interested or comforted or freaked out, but you know, escrow is closed. It's time. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. Oh my gosh. He should have read the fine print. I mean, you know, I could get, I could have gotten in the file if he wanted it. I could have told him, you know, come to me, people. If you're going to look at real estate and historic Franklin, come ask the ghost lady first if you want to know what happened. <laughs> it might make it worth more. It might make it worth less, but at least you'll know. There's one building. It was built to be a private home and it was built in 1820 and it's completely messed up. It makes people feel physically sick. So it's been there for over 200 years and it's been just messing with people forever. I had a couple of attorneys from San Francisco offer $5,000 to stay the night there. They said no. 10,000. They said no. 15,000. The husband said no. The wife said, I'll do it. I'll go down there and stay with them. And they said, no, it's our liability. We have all these, you know, offices we rent out to. We can't do it. But people are fascinated. And this is the most negative some people call it evil. It's just a really dark haunting. Not only does it make people sick, but it just seems almost malicious. And it's the only one I, I really am uncomfortable at this one house. And yeah. so, of course, it's the one everyone has to go to and talk about. I mean, I have more stops than I can fit in one tour. So I rotate things so I don't go completely insane. And then if people want to come again, I can take them to different places. But this house, every tour has to go to. And I wish it wasn't that way because I really don't like it. But I think that's one of the reasons why people are so drawn to it because it's so freaky. What do you think is in that house? Like, what do you think that is making it so evil? I don't know. There are so many things that could explain it. Um, there was a nursing home there. Many people died. Sadly, it was a funeral home for a while. Um, there was um, a girl that was suspected of doing terrible things that lived there for a while. But here's the thing. People started talking and writing about something being wrong as they were building it when it was brand new. So those other factors probably didn't help matters, but they don't explain everything. They don't explain what's wrong at the root of that place. Right. What if the house was causing those people to do the evil things? Well, the the one girl went there after we think that she did something terrible, burned down She burned down a school. I mean, it can happen, you know, but um, she burned down her school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, not great. Um, And so, (laughs) you know, then she went there. So it's there's there's so many theories. And that's one of the things that I think makes it so compelling for people, too, is that there's plenty to hang your hat on, whether you think, you know, it's one of those spirits, whether you think it's the the limestone that's there mm-hmm. at the base with water moving underneath it. Um, there are people who believe that there's a family plot of Native Americans buried nearby right there. They paved over, which <gasps> Oh, gosh. I know, I know. And then just the history of that house and the people who have been there. It has 
a cellar, of course. So, you know, before refrigeration, when you couldn't bury people in the frozen ground, you would store their bodies under that mm-hmm. house and dig their graves in the spring. Probably not helpful either. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Plenty. It would be more surprising, honestly, if it wasn't haunted. But yeah. to, to be that active and and to affect people that much, whoo. Golly. I've never been to a place like that, but I want to take your tour and I want to go to that place. I am one of those people. See, thanks a lot. You're the one of the ones. <laughs> I will say I, every, every few months I have a celebrity psychic walk and I have a celebrity psychic come and we walk through the downtown historic district, wherever they want to go. I just kind of follow where they're led and they give their impressions. And then I give whatever historical context that makes, you know, try and explain or corroborate what they're saying. And then we move on. They do a couple mini readings. Well, I thought, Oh, we're not going to go to this one because the psychic goes, uh, leads us to a building that's across the street from that awful house. I'm like, oh, this is great. And then I start thinking, oh, but I don't know all that much about this house. I just know a couple things, but I didn't need to worry because she soon says, oh, I want to talk about this house across the street, but I don't want to get any closer to it than this. <sighs> oh my wow. gosh. Like, here we go. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know, it's really bad when a psychic is like, nope, I'm not going to get any closer to that. Right? She's a professional. (laughs) I did have, um, and this happens fairly often where it makes people cry. And I had this 14 year old girl's birthday party and she had all of her friends. And one of them just became very upset and begged her friends, don't go up on the porch. Don't go up on the porch. And was crying and crying, had to go next door and wait. Oh my gosh. gosh. I just now start before we go there. I just say, if you're uncomfortable for there any reason, here's where you can wait and we'll, we'll regroup here. And I point them to where they should go after or when they're done. And because it's so common that people aren't comfortable there, I just tell them before we even go, here's where you can yeah. go if you want it. Wow. Were you so terrified when you first started it? No, because I was a smug little jerk and I just thought, oh, this <laughs> is just people getting carried away with it. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that anymore. (laughs) It's so funny when we can like look at ourselves and be like, you didn't know what the fuck you were doing. Good try. Oh my gosh. Now I really do want to go to Franklin, Tennessee and go on your tours. Seriously. I'll take you. (laughs) We'll go at midnight. Oh my gosh, well, midnight. That's, that's my bedtime. Yeah, that's past her bedtime. <laughs> I mean, I'm at eight o'clock. It's, it's, it, it, it is a new midnight. <laughs> it literally is. <laughs> I, I literally just yawned. You saying 8 p.m. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I loved those stories. Yes, me too. Oh my gosh. Did you ever grow up hearing local folklore or, you know, told? by your parents, a ghost story or something, because you do like to research. Did you ever like research something that you grew up hearing about or anything like that? It's funny you would ask that because I did, I was, um, I grew up in the Bay area, San Francisco area, and there was the Winchester mystery. Oh, yes. And so I begged my parents, please, please, please. I'm going to go, no, no, no. It's just too long. It's too, you'll get scared. They talk about seances. No, no, no. I won't get scared. I want to go. I won't get scared. I still just about shake when I think about it. I got separated for probably 
a minute, (laughs) but I was absolutely terrified that I would never find my parents again. I would be swallowed whole by this terrifying house. And it was the end of my, and I just, uh, it was, it was absolutely, (laughs) I was just petrified. Yeah. Um, so then, of course, I was fascinated and I needed to know all about the Winchesters. And why <laughs> was she and what was she thinking? And so, yeah, as much as it scared me, I was absolutely fascinated by it. I've actually been there and I didn't feel like evil or anything like that one house you were talking about. But I remember being freaked out just because it was different, which is so like meta. If you think about it, that's everyone in society. But I remember because I was sixth grade. I think when we did that, uh, no, 10th grade. So still like little pee on brain. And it was just one, it was in California. So that was like different anyway, but then that house, oh my gosh. Like I remember every room just, you know, being mesmerized. I bet you were absolutely terrified. You were literally in this like haunted maze. <laughs> it really is like a maze. And I mean, even the the guides talk about when they first start getting lost. And you know, you've got stairways that go nowhere. And you've got they they say, we don't show you every and we don't take you everywhere on a tour. Mm-hmm. That would be impossible. And there are sections that are closed for periods of time. I mean, yeah, it's, it's oh I mean, even like doors that open to nothing and right. That I'd be I guess the story is that uh she was told by um, during a seance, she was told that she, as long as she continued construction, she would be safe. But if construction ever stopped, she would die. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. I remember them pointing out different numbers. Like you'll see in the like stained glass windows, it's like 13 of these or nine. I can't remember. But then I would freak myself out because I would count in different rooms. And I'm like, because I have a really vivid imagination. And so I would be like, what if I'm like unlocking some mystery? I'm not that powerful, but I would count different, you know, just different things. And I got so obsessed with everything in that house, but I freaked myself out. And that night I was like, I swear she's in this house with us. Like I can't sleep because she's in this house, you know, it's so silly, but yeah, that one, hmm. I haven't covered that story yet on the podcast. I thought you did. Uh Uh-uh. Maybe I just know it from you yeah. going there. And I always talk about the steps because I'm short, but those steps were like so small because Dang. she was short and stuff. So it was just freaky. Wow. Well, I freaking loved all of this. And if your podcast is anything like this, y'all better not walk, run to your headphones and listen after you finish this episode. Yes. Ghost tour. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are so much fun. I would love to see you all at franklinwalkingtours.com. We've got Grim and Ghostly, which is true crime and hauntings. And I'll even have Tombstone Tales this year, which will be um, October 30th. We'll have people in costume telling the stories of the people buried beneath. Oh, that sounds amazing. So good. BRB, got to go make a plane ticket. (laughs) Right? I'll hold you a couple spots. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, doing this, talking to us. I loved all these stories. Oh my gosh. I was like in it. Yes. And that takes a lot for her to be in it on a ghost story. I've been looking forward to meeting you both, talking to you. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. Y'all, thank you so much for supporting us. Don't forget to go check out the podcast, Ghost Tour, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.